Nana. How are you doing? I'm good, Tane. How are you? I'm alright. I'm alright. I feel like February is almost ending, which in turn for me, my head means spring is around the corner. Yes. So I'm looking literally forward. marches in a week and one day, matting. <laughs> and then after that, Q1 is done. Yes. Oh my God, this whole getting older thing. Oh no. But you know what? I always say I've tried to not complain about getting older because the alternative is worse. So <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It sucks though, especially when we spend all week being roasted by Gen Zs. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if you saw it online. They came for millennials hard this week, man. Hurt my feelings. But at least it was funny. And all in jest. It was funny, but it's actually in line with the episode this week, episode 17, which was 20-something girls versus 30-something women. It was just kind of similar. Yes. In the same vein of things. So we'll get into the episode. But before the episode starts, I wanted to provide a fun fact on an episode that we've covered, I think, in season one, titled The Monogamous. And for those who don't remember, The Monogamous was the episode where Charlotte's date or whoever she was seeing at the time, kept pushing her head down for her to give him a blowjob. Oh, uh, you... yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. So I ran into an article that was talking about their, uh, the scenes that were deleted from Sex and the City because it went overboard. And I didn't even bother with the second one after reading this because the first one was the scene where Charlotte walks out on him where he's like, uh, no, I need to have a head in my life and all that stuff. She walks out and says she doesn't. But the scene that was deleted, she was, she came back to say, you know what? I overreacted. Let's give it a try. Blah, blah, blah. But her dude had put peanut butter on his junk and the dog was licking it off of him. Oh my God. That is so disgusting. I'm sorry. Yes, that was so, a wise choice to cut that. <laughs> that was a good call for them to cut that out <laughs> because that is Can going you to imagine? Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> I thought of you because I remember how grossed out you were about the whole come episode yeah, of Miranda's no. head. So this would have just been doing the absolute worst. So <laughs> I'll try and see if I can find what the other one was. But after reading this, I was like, you know what? I cannot do two at the same time right now. So <laughs> you know what's crazy? I know like I've seen all of that before, but just seeing it again with adult eyes. I was just like, uh-uh. But yeah, that would have set me off. I'd be like, yeah, no more the rewatch on Sex and the City. I can't do it anymore. Mm-mm. <laughs> So back to this episode, we already said it's 20-something girls versus 30-something women. I mean, I think the episode was pretty clear. It was just the episode where the women compare themselves to women in their 20s, the the pros and the cons of being older, of being younger. Charlotte tries to pretend to be younger. Miranda is just, you know, I don't really think they had like a storyline for her. No. (laughs) This episode again two in a row um samantha is competing with her 20 something year old um assistant and the big thing about it no pun intended is that carrie runs into big again but with a woman can i ask before we get into like the episode this is the third episode in two seasons where they've explored this trope don't you think it's a bit much (laughs) Which trope? Oh, the yes. whole 30-something woman versus 20 I'm just like, come on. They did like marrieds versus singles. I just, I don't know, really hit home. Like, okay, guys, you need new ideas. <laughs> Quick. So for me, what I was going to say is I don't know that I thought about it in the new ideas part. It was just more of this is so evident that this is written by a man because that is the way they think of us women. Like, you're always in competition. Yep. And it's very... There's something icky about it. And, and they kind of hold the threat of leaving you for a younger 20-something-old woman. Yes. And yes. they think, yes, that's real punishment. When most people... I don't think we care that much. But, hey, I could be wrong. 
Yeah. So that was more what I was looking about. It was like, just let women be. What is this, this versus that versus this versus like, you know, again, I get it. It's a women centric show and it's about the women, but I agree. It's a lot. Like, it's just mm, let's move on. But let's dive into the episode. So it starts with like a Brady Bunch type visual of six people and Carrie's doing the voiceover telling us that there's a couple, Rob and Elaine, who rented a house for the summer and they both individually invited their single friends. Rob invites his single friends that are guys. Elaine invites her single friends that are women. Rob starts cheating with Elaine's friends. The other friends are annoyed at each other and one of Rob's friends confesses his feelings for Elaine. Carrie tells us that it got to the point where it was awkward and no one wanted to come back, which I thought that was very casual. Um, it goes beyond awkward when your husband cheats with your friend. <laughs> That's yes. just awkward. That is like ridiculous. So of course nobody wants to come back because, well, I'm 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 thinking they're not together anymore, but maybe they still stay together. But Elaine and Carrie tells us that's how Elaine ends up calling her friend Charlotte. Charlotte um switches over. They're having brunch, and Charlotte is telling the girls about the cottage and how it's a nice deal. And Carrie said, of course it's a deal. It's haunted with cheating boyfriends and sexual rejection. Miranda says sharing a house in your 20s is fine, but in your 30s, it's pathetic. It's like being the oldest kid in summer camp. Um, Now, can you explain this to me? How? For, especially since it's a vacation home. Yeah. And I'm sorry, like, we're probably going to get into it. I know Miranda didn't have a storyline, but I'm just like, when she doesn't have a storyline, do you just have to make her the miserable person? Because that's just what I kept getting. She was always complaining about something. And I was just like, Miranda, that's a bit harsh. You guys are going away for the summer. That's it. If we're all single and I'm going away somewhere, of course I'm going to share with my friends. Why wouldn't I? That's just It crazy. makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. And she said it with such like deep disdain as well. And I was like, Miranda, calm down. I mean, yeah. Samantha <laughs> agreed with her. But then again, Samantha also doesn't have a storyline. So, hey. well usually doesn't but yeah I just thought did I miss something like since when is it like pathetic like that was a strong word choice Mm -hmm. so Charlotte says she can't believe they'll pass up this chance when this could be the last time that they could do this one of them could get married or have kids and they'll regret not spending the last summer together I don't know whatever she said they agreed and they're like I'm in so they're gonna do it Samantha says she always felt like she was in her actual 20s till the sight of an actual 20-something brought her back to earth, which I actually think is factual. Like, for the most part, as we get older, we don't necessarily feel our age, but you're reminded, like, I mean, I don't go to clubs anymore, but I remember when I phased into that, when I went into that phase, when you're in the club and you just see people so much younger and you're just like, what am I doing here? Yes. So you're reminded like, uh, yeah, or when I knew when I got into that point, when I go to the mall and I see all these teenagers and I'm just annoyed, like, why yeah. are they here? So <laughs> do you know my thing is, is music, because I like to think actually both of us are pretty pop culture savvy and, yeah. and I like all kinds of music, but I usually stay on top of new music. But it's so funny because when I was home for Christmas, I was with my sister and my younger brother. They're, my youngest brother's 20 and my sister's 26. Ooh, I had to think about that. But um, we were like, they had the radio on. And I was just like, who's this? And they both looked at me in like shock. Like, <laughs> you don't know Doug? And I'm like, no. And usually I stay on top. Like, I know my young dogs or whatever. But I think what lost me is when we have the baby, little baby. <laughs> Yeah. Your baby or whatever. I'm like, I can't keep these people like apart. And I was just like, wow, you really sound like someone's grandma now. But it's fine. I think I've accepted it. It is what it is. <laughs> that is what made me feel old as hell. Because usually I'd be like, yeah, I know who these people are. But I'm like, nah, they all sound the same. Sorry, yeah. all the mumble rappers. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we see her walk into her office and her assistant is being so unprofessional being loud on the phone talking about a club vip list and um in an oof moment saying how someone isn't a fag because she knows three of her friends that he's fucked 
um, put that in the folder of things that did not stand the test of time. Joe. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Samantha's just watching her, and then Samantha walks over to her and gives her a guest list to cross check and to get someone on the phone for her. But her sister, whose name is Nina, by the way, ignores her and she's still on the phone and just keeps yakking about it. So Samantha comes out, tries to check her and then cuts off the call and says she's done. And this girl has the audacity to tell Samantha that Samantha doesn't get it, that she has her own personal relationships to form and her career to focus on. um, Samantha says, "Um, your career is being my assistant. And she tells Samantha that she's deluded. I cannot imagine talking to my boss. (laughs) My mouth was open from when Samantha walked into that office and she didn't get off her personal call, ignored her. She she practically had her feet up on the table. I'm like, you are taking a piss, young lady. I'm sorry. Mm -mm." It's not even shocking. It just goes to show, like, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Because I feel like that's how younger people feel entitled today. Like, just, I'm doing you a favor by showing up to work. Yeah, I'll, let me be fair, not all of them, but yes, the majority, because I have met some wonderful young, it's usually women, not boys, no offense, that I've worked with, <laughs> but it is rare, you're right? No, I mean, like, that goes without saying, like, if, if you make a general sweeping statement, it's not everyone, Everybody, like, it's not yeah. all, it's just, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, so Samantha says that she tells Samantha that she's deluded. And if not for her, Samantha wouldn't know what is hot on the streets. Samantha says that she doesn't grasp the difference between them. And Nina says, oh, yes, I do. In, and I think she felt like hot shit when she says you stood in line at Studio 54 and I stood in line for Studio 54. The movie. That was just rude. But. <laughs> <laughs> and then apparently nina just grabs her stuff and then she leaves so samantha is talking to the girls and she's saying that she's pissed and girls in their 20s are spoiled and ungrateful miranda says yeah the world doesn't help because the world validates their delusion carrie ever the pacifist says that oh they should have compassion and do they remember what it's like to be in your 20s the only thing worse than being single and in your 30s in this city is being single and in your 20s <laughs> any thoughts um i mean i haven't lived in new york but i don't know if that's true carrie sorry <laughs> i really don't <laughs> everyone's gonna think someone has it worse or better than them right yeah, but I, I don't know if that's true, Carrie. But hey, we're hey, we're just gonna go along with it. So, um, they all gather to go to the Hamptons for the weekend, and I'm actually quite surprised that they use the jitney. The jitney is like a bus that they use. So I was surprised because I just thought we've seen an episode where they went to the Hamptons for a baby shower and they rented a car. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I just thought they'll be finicky and they'll spring for like a car or something. So Yeah, I don't buy that they will take that coach either. They would definitely have rented a car. Yeah. And then the other side of it is I've lived um in Texas before and Nana, you live in Texas right now. And I live on the East Coast right now. There's a huge difference between how people view using the bus to travel. Yeah. Over there than here. In Texas, they're looking at you like what what is wrong with you? Why would you even consider that? Like it's the it's no. But then yeah. here it's it's just a way of life. It's, it was the same it. when I moved from London to Georgia because obviously London public transport. Even if you have a car, you have to take public transport. It's not like a weird thing. But I remember when I first moved to Georgia, which is also the south, I decided to like go for a walk, and people kept stopping to ask me if I needed a ride. Like pity on me because I was walking. <laughs> And I'm just like, uh, no, but you're right. It's just a different culture. People definitely look down on you for taking public transport in the South, 100%. Yeah, I forget that is true for public transport, but I meant like um, like for travel. Like if you're going from Houston to Dallas or from here, from New York to Philadelphia. like Oh, those, okay, okay. Yeah. I thought so, you meant just like taking a bus in general. No, just like the Jitney bus that they used. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I was like, so maybe it's not so terrible. Maybe that's the fam- that's the the culture for Hamptons weekend because I know it's a popular thing where everyone goes. I still think they'd have used a car, but I will say that on the East Coast is more acceptable using that because 
again, pulling in my reality shows, someone used the jitney from The Real Housewives of New York, and we were all shocked. Like, how? <laughs> <laughs> um, but she used um, the jitney to go to the Hamptons from New York. So, yeah, but even in Texas, because we got Bolt and Megabus late. And I remember going for the first time and everyone was like, were you okay? Are you safe? (laughs) So when I came here, there were all kinds of people that were using the bus. So, yeah. So anyways, as they're standing in line, Charlotte brings a guy with them and says his name is Greg. Some of you may recognize him as Anton Mount. That is his actual name, not recognize him as, but he's Anton Mount. He's like a character actor. He hasn't been like in a lot of things. Maybe he was more popular in the past. Um... I thought that she brought him on the trip. I misunderstood that they met like while in line there because I was like, I would have been pissed if it was a girl's weekend and then she just shows up with a guy without telling anyone. Do you know what? I actually think that's a good point because I thought that was kind of weird writing because we first see him like when they're in the line to get onto the bus and she comes running over with him. Like, hey, this is my friend. So it kind of seems like she brought him along. Yeah. And then later she mentioned she met him on the bus. So, yeah, yeah. I don't think that was very clean writing. So I understand why yeah. it would be so, confusing. Yeah. So that's why I had written down already. I was like, oh, I would have been pissed. Like, you just show up with a guy. So later when she clarifies, I'm like, oh, okay. That makes sense. So Charlotte says Greg has been going to the Hamptons every summer since he was six. And Carrie and Miranda quip about doing the math, a.k.a. his age. So basically he's 26. Four hours later, they arrive at the Hamptons, and Samantha calls the house shitty chic. Miranda says the house smells like mildew, and Charlotte tells them to stop complaining and being cynical. Carrie says cynicism is something they have over 20-somethings, and Miranda says, well, I've been cynical since high school. That made me Amen, Miranda. (laughs) (laughs) I felt her on that one. (laughs) So there's a knock on the door door and Charlotte says it's Greg again the guy that she met um at the jitney line and or the bus station and she invited him to stop by and say hi and if he asks he thinks that she's 27 and the girls make a look but they don't say anything they let her live and he comes in and then he invites them to a bonfire by the beach and we switch to the bonfire and at the bonfire, Charlotte and Greg, they're making out and the rest of the women are just complaining. Like Samantha, this entire scene has her hands on her head and her temples. She's just rubbing them like this is not my scene at all. The music is too loud. And you guys have to remember that Samantha is older than them. Samantha's in her 40s. So she's not even in this conversation. <laughs> so They just let her into the club. But yeah. So she, they're complaining because they watch people getting bumped into. They see people puking. The music is loud. Carrie says, um, let me go just tell Charlotte that we're leaving. And Carrie looks like she's wearing a bed sheet. <laughs> okay. But I was about to say, what the fuck was she wearing? Because at first, like, for a good two minutes of that scene, I kept waiting for her to take it off. Because to me, it looked like a towel. So I thought she had on a swimsuit underneath. So I'm just like, why has she got this towel up to her neck? Like, she just got out of the shower. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is the outfit. Like, what are they playing at? And I actually wanted to say in the scene before, do you remember Samantha's red jumpsuit? Phenomenal. Yes. She looked so good. And yes. to go from how good they looked in that scene to that, I generally thought she'd, like, wandered out in a towel. I think this is the worst outfit I've ever seen on her. <laughs> on this show. It was white and it looked like either a bedsheet or a towel wrapped around her body. That's it. Well, Man. thinking about it now, I'm wondering if that was not the whole goal to make them really look out of place because no one was dressed the way they were. The rest no. of the young people were like in t-shirts and tank tops and stuff and they're just there in whatever the heck they were wearing. So <laughs> maybe it was the obvious, a stylish choice. Yes. To do that. So as Carrie is going, she bumps into a young girl who says her name is Laurel Harris. She tells Carrie that she worships her and reads her column. 
and mumbles on and on and on, just, you know, talking all nervously and saying how she loves her so much and that she really wants to be a writer. And she asked Carrie if she could read something and if she could be her mentor and can she call her in the city? This is all in one conversation in the first five seconds that they meet. Yeah. On one hand, it's ballsy. On the second hand, it was like, slow your roll, girl. Can I say, <laughs> sorry, every time, I feel like such a bitch. But every time people recognize Carrie, I'm always so shocked. Because <laughs> the way she's going out with Justin Theroux, they're like, oh my God, he's dating Carrie Bradshaw. And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, she's I didn't know she was like that well known, but it just makes me laugh. I feel like such a bitch. I feel like big when he calls it her little job, you know? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so fun fact. Laurel is played by Rachel Milner, or Milner. I don't know how to say her last name, but I think it's Milner. Um, I don't know that you might recognize her in a lot of stuff, but and I hate to be that kind of person, but she is Macaulay Culkin's ex-wife. Yes, I actually do remember. I re- yes, I remember when they got married. Huh, that is what her face looked familiar to me, but I was being yeah. lazy and I didn't look her up. Oh, okay. I do actually know who she is. Hmm actors so i feel like carrie is being put on the spot by her and she says um of course i will mentor you and the next day miranda wakes up early and she's going out to enjoy the solitude and the early morning and she sees puke on the deck so she goes back in to say like oh this happened and then charlotte admits that one of her new friends had one too many jello shots and puked on the deck and then she, this is on the couch. And then Charlotte goes up and you can see that Greg is underneath her. So I don't know if that's how they fell asleep because that's weird, but okay. They're still <laughs> fully dressed. So back in the city, Carrie wonders what was the allure of the 20s. Um, she says great skin, full of seemingly endless possibilities but at the same time, horrible apartments, sexually inexperienced men. So, Nana, my question to you is, what do you think was the allure of the 20s for you? Uh, I don't... <laughs> I still feel like I'm in an ex... I don't know. I haven't seen, like, a huge cutoff, I'll be honest with you, because that's life. Like, no one wakes up 30 and be like, oh, my life is so different to what it was, like, a decade ago. I feel like it's a gradual change. The one thing I would say, what did my 20s, a lot of my 20s, I don't know, you just feel like you have so much time. I think you're less concerned about time and having to have things done by a certain age. For me, anyway, I can only speak that. And also, I was more willing to make kind of reckless mistakes because they didn't seem to matter as much. I yeah. Think that's fair. I think yeah. that's fair. I think half the people would, um, I think the time thing, I think it's fair. I was going to say like, yeah, there's not that much pressure. But then I also remember that in my 20s also, I also thought 30 was the cutoff. So there yeah, was some like kind of older because, by the time you hit 30, yeah. Yeah, it was that. But I think for me, the allure of the 20s for me was that I was full of hope and promise i honestly thought the world was my oyster i wasn't as jaded as i was in my 30s so i just had hope for everything i didn't feel beaten down i thought i could achieve anything i could do whatever the heck i wanted there were more gentlemen callers (laughs) so to speak (laughs) metabolism is great gentlemen callers oh my gosh okay jane austen (laughs) metabolism was great and it was you know a great time and it was just yeah I think if I had to pick one thing it was just I thought the world was my oyster I was yeah much bold and not beaten um that is a very good point definitely more hopeful and also I had more energy so just in general (laughs) I think the advantage of the 30s for me was just more money and with more money I got to discover more of myself I feel like you never really know yourself or do you have money because yeah. i read something that said god please give me money so i can know my true self because i don't know 
what I've told myself I don't like because I can't afford it. <laughs> I don't want to. But, <laughs> but in my 30s, I got to have more money. I got to travel more places. I got to experience more things. And that was nice because now I can afford it and I can do what I want to do, which made me hone in more on what my um, hobbies are. So I, in my 30s, I got to discover like, you know what? I don't like clubbing. I used to go clubbing because I thought that's what I needed to do. And maybe that was the cheapest thing because ladies are free before 11. But now I get to pay for theater experience. I get to pay to go to a concert. I get to, those are the things that I enjoy and I can afford to. So that's, that's an interesting point. I never ever looked at it though. I've always, I, I'll be honest with you, that hasn't changed from my 20s to my 30s. I've always liked to do way more expensive things than I can afford. And that still applies now. But that's like an interesting point. You, yeah, you do have, the more money you have, the more you're willing to open and expand your horizons, right? Yeah, yeah because I'm very, point. I'm very, what's it called? I'm not frugal. I'm just very, what's the word now? <laughs> um, um, maybe rigid. I don't know. When it comes to money, I'm very I'm maybe regimented. Frugal. Yes, I'm very regimented when it comes to money. So I could want to do something so bad. If I cannot afford it, I'm not going to do it. So yeah. with the 30s, I got that freedom because I just didn't have the money then. So I think my first job out of college, I was making $10 an hour. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was it. So anyways, but yeah, that's my difference for me. And then Carrie goes on to say, should we fear freshly minted single women as a threat to our survival or pity them as clueless halfwits about to get their dreams dashed and illusion shattered? Are they friend or foe? Yeah, I'm, I cannot explain to you how much I hated this question. I hated everything about it. I do you not... know what? I, th- I also, I think it's not a good question. But to be honest with you, I feel like there are some women that think like that. Because I remember being in my 20s and being hated on by older women. In the, You know, that kind of patronizing, oh, you're young. The world will show you soon enough. Don't worry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That kind of like, oh, isn't that cute? You're like optimistic and hopeful. Oh, I can't wait till you wake up to the real world. I feel like that question has that kind of, you know, implication. Some people are just haters. They don't like to see you happy. It's like those people who like are like, oh, enjoy your singlehood. Because when you get married, it's like all over, basically. I don't know. So I don't think it's a, not like it's a bad question. It's like a kind of, mean-spirited question but I do think some people are like that they see like youthful optimism as a threat (laughs) yeah but the optimism wasn't the issue they said the key words that are coming out here for me is there is fear there is threat there is clueless there's halfwits there's nothing like I don't understand you're living your life you're living in your 30s what is it that you're sitting there saying like we fear freshly minted single women as a threat to our survival. We pity them as clueless halfway. It's just a terrible worded. I didn't. Yeah. I get it. Someone's younger, but again, if you're dating someone who you're fearful that they're gonna date someone younger, isn't that your clue that they're a terrible man in the first place? Thank you that you so shouldn't be with what them. Exactly. Are you fearing? So that I don't know. I still stand by the question is terrible. Like yeah. just making it sound like the 30 something. Yeah, the people that think that way, they're negative, but you're making it sound like the 30 somethings are just sitting there and the 20 somethings are just coming here to take away your happiness. You're in your 30s, you have experience and you look good and you wear good clothes. What exactly is the threat? And like you shouldn't be sitting there considering them, especially those four women that are all like relatively successful in their fields. They're clearly not struggling. They're popular. They go out to have fun. Why are you pressed about 20-something-year-olds at all? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Are they friend or foe? And the fact that she said freshly minted single women, that means the focus is that, oh, they're going to take all the guys. Again, if you want a guy who wants them younger, I don't know what to tell you. But again, yeah. Carrie doesn't have the best decision-making when it comes to guys. So... So Carrie takes Lauren to a book party and Lauren is still gushing 
um, to Carrie and she asked Carrie if 25 is too young to write a personal memoir and it is about saving it for marriage. Carrie turns around looking genuinely shocked like saving what? And are you saying that you've never had sex with a man? And Carrie asks what she considers sex. And Lauren is like, no blowjobs, no hand jobs. Carrie's like, we get it, no jobs. But that made me wonder, so if she doesn't do anything, what is it exactly about Carrie's column that she worships? <laughs> but this is just interested in sex. Remember at that time, purity culture was very big in the mainstream with Jessica Simpson, Britney Spears, you know, all of that. So I think maybe that's what they were touching on. But just to also answer her question, it's long been a pet peeve of mine, people who write memoirs at like 25. I'm just thinking, what the fuck are you writing about? You still have your whole life ahead of you. I think the only exceptions to me are people who have lived exceptional lives. Someone like, you know, Malala. (laughs) Then, yes, maybe I want to read your memoir at 25. But for 99% of people, I'll be like, why are you writing a memoir? Even if you're a celebrity, I don't care. Wait until you're in your 50s or 60s like everyone else. I don't know. No, I get it. Like, you have to have that. But going back, though, I don't... So what are you saying? Like, purity culture was great, but Carrie wasn't writing about that. She's writing about actual sex. Yeah, but but just because she's not having sex doesn't mean she's not interested in it and how it affects society. About how Carrie... Like, when I was young and a virgin, I still happily read everything that was about sex. You probably care more then because you're not having it. So it's like a strange new world and it's fascinating. Okay, uh, we're going to go further into something she said later that I'm just like, that is exactly what Carrie writes about. And she's like, that, that was what she stood on, that she was anti. But okay, okay. A, man works up, a man walks up to Carrie and asks if she's read the book. And she says, no, not yet. And she goes, do you know anything about the author? And he says they have a family. His family has a history of diabetes and a steel splint in their left femur. And it turns out that he is the author's doctor named Bradley Mego. My question is, what, is he allowed to say that? Isn't that a HIPAA violation? I thought that too. I was just like, why are you telling the stranger your patient's business? <laughs> I thought the same thing. Um, so he's flirting with Carrie, and he asks her for a drink, and ask her if he can call her. She says she'll be at the Hamptons and, you know, he says he's going to be there too. And then she says, okay, you can meet me at a certain spot. And she gives a descriptor of a yellow umbrella. So Lauren sounds, Lauren comes back because she went to go get Carrie uh, Cosmo and introduces them. He asks um, Carrie, what happens if it rains? And she goes, okay, I'll give you my number. Lauren sounds so old because two things. She says, wow, what a fox. Seriously. And then she says, wow, you got it going on. Oh, that just didn't sound right. So, yeah, all that and a bag of chips. <laughs> so back at the Hamptons, the ladies are under the umbrella at the, um, at the beach and ragging on 20-somethings who are tanning under the sun. Carrie says they're tanning like rotisserie chickens. And they make fun of Charlotte as Bradley comes up. Charlotte is playing in the beach um, with Greg, in the water with Greg. Bradley comes up and he actually finds them. And he's actually being very, like, personable. Like, you know, he strikes up a conversation. He's cute. And then he says he's going to go play in the water and he'll be right back. Carrie says, tells the girls that he's cute, but she's not sure that she's interested And my mind just blew because I'm just like, if ever there was any reason when I say that I don't think Carrie just has it all together, this is it. Because she's telling me so far with Bradley Mego, he's her doctor, he's cute, he's, you know, personable and he actually followed up. She says she's not interested. But excuse me and correct me if I'm wrong. She met the Bon Jovi character at a therapist, but she was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll do that. She met an alcoholic. She was like, yeah, you know what? I'll do that. She met Vaughn, who was coming in 30 seconds. She was like, nah, we'll give it a chance and try some more. And then you meet this guy and you're like, yeah, I don't think I'm interested. What the, the hell? 
if she doesn't sense dysfunction in the first five minutes, she's not interested. Okay. Yeah. It is what. <laughs> Sorry, uh, this is a quick aside. I wanted to ask you the whole Hamptons thing. So, do they just go back there every weekend? They don't stay for the entire week. Yes. So they're making uh, a four-hour trip every weekend for the summer. Yeah, it's it's a popular New York culture. There's yeah. actually a show based on that called Summer House. Every no, weekend no, I, they go. I know people go to the Hamptons for the summer, but I thought they stay there like for the summer for like a I don't know three weeks a month whatever. I don't know that we're going back and forth every week. Like yeah. that seems like a lot. Yeah, there's a reality show called Summer House. So every yeah. Friday they come, Sunday they go back during the week, they show us them working and everything in New York, and then on Friday they do it all again in traffic too. Yeah, that just seems like too much hassle for me. Do you know, I think it's because most of my experience of the Hamptons is from TV shows where they're rich enough not to have to work. <laughs> so they just stay there all the time, getting yeah. teenagers getting into trouble over the summer. But yeah, that's that's interesting. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, it was just a thought. No, a it's fine. Speaking of, that was funny that, you know, this title was 20s versus 30s because the reality show I'm telling you about, Summer House, they have 30-somethings and they have 20-somethings. And it's interesting, they had to make do this season because of COVID. So they're all working from home and they put them in the house for six weeks. So the 20-somethings, the, no, the 30-somethings, when they work, they're like, oh, product manager, advertising, event planner. You see them on phone calls and Zooms or whatever. And the 20-somethings, because the 30-something was commenting, and he's like, some of us have jobs. The rest, I'm not quite sure what they do. And then they show the 20-somethings. One is a fashion influencer. They're laying in bed. The other one is a podcast host. The other one is a thing. And it just made me laugh. And I was like, this would be the perfect thing. <laughs> For them to say, nothing has changed is what say, you're telling me. Yeah. But the one thing they have in common back pre-COVID, they do used to they drink and party hard. Like 20 something, yeah. 30 something, they are on the same level when it comes to that. So yeah. yeah. So um uh, Samantha says, you know the rule. Um, this is to Carrie saying that he's cute, but she's not sure she's interested. Samantha says, you know the rule. Good on paper, bad in bed. And at this point, Samantha's just making up shit at this point. <laughs> <laughs> She's just saying things like, maybe it'll stick, because I don't know where she's getting all her She's saying that, hey, guys, remember, I'm the sex-obsessed character. You must never (laughs) forget it at any point in time. So I must put sex into everything. That's all that comment was. (laughs) (laughs) So because it's not clear enough, Carrie explains to us what good on paper means. And she says good on paper is a guy with good credentials who... You always end up leaving for a guy on a motorcycle who doesn't have a checking account, which just sounds embarrassing if you're in your 30s. But yes. <laughs> not something to proudly say. But yeah, it's just me. So they tell Charlotte she comes out the water and she they tell Charlotte to put on sunscreen and she says, "No, I'm fine. I never burn." Miranda says she's had enough and she's going grocery shopping. Charlotte tells her to get rum for Long Island iced tea. Um, Carrie and Bradley are walking on the beach and he says he made reservations for an impossible to get restaurant. Carrie says no. Carrie, who never knows how to say no, says no. So he asks, oh, something about, you know, coming over that he, he has like a nice porch in his house. She goes, no, I don't know. And then he says, okay, well, maybe you just call me and let me know. She goes, yeah, that I can do. And it was just weird to me because Carrie will try anything. Do you remember the episode where she said she wasn't really feeling the guy, but she'll still date him just to see if it fits? Yeah. So I feel like this this guy deserved a chance. But I I also thought she was blowing him off from when they first met at the book launch. And I kind of, if I was in his shoes, I'll be like, why are you pushing it so hard? Even when you first met her, she didn't seem that interested. This is like strike three at this point. Yeah. That she keeps blowing him off. I'll be like, just get some self-respect. Just peace out. See her. I mean, she's not being horrible about it, but it's very clear that she's not particularly interested. So. Yeah. So Miranda, oh, they get, everybody comes home and Miranda greets them. So excited that she got fresh corn and seafood for dinner, but that Carrie's groupie can't stay. And Carrie's like, she's here. Miranda's like, yep, I sent her up to your room. And Carrie's like, thanks. 
So Samantha gets an event invitation for a party that's hosted by Nina. It's like a hoedown that is done annually, which Samantha's company had also put in a bid for, but I guess Nina got the bid. So Lauren is in Carrie's room painting her toenails and telling Carrie that she's not interested or doesn't want to have sex because the women before her have devalued sex to the point where it means nothing. So that's what I mean by she seems putting down Carrie's ideology because that's what Carrie writes about. It's like, hey, we have sex, whether it's casual, whether it's not, that's what we want. But Lauren is saying like to her, that's like them making it oh not a big deal and they just have it and she said something about throwing throwing their what did she call it what did she call it punani did am i getting that wrong nah, I, I don't remember hearing throwing that throwing their fanny at anyone who would look at it or who would take it and things like that so that was where i'm just like again what is it about carrie's thing that you like because you're basically poo-pooing on what she writes about hey maybe it's anthropological research <laughs> She's so, just fascinated. <laughs> Charlotte runs into the room and says there's a tick and she can't get it off. And then Lauren looks at her and goes, oh, no, that is not a tick. And then we find out that she's got crabs. And Carrie is so grossed out that she calls Bradley, which I thought was such a shitty move. Because you've been blowing this guy off for like how long and now he has something to offer because if you didn't meet him at the book party, what were you gonna do? Yep. And so also if Lauren's never had sex before, how does she recognize pubic lice? Hmm. Anyway. Biology. <laughs> <laughs> so, hmm. Um so Carrie's there, they share some wine and then they talk and then she makes it clear that, you know, he says, oh, you have to spend the night now because Carrie's grossed out and everything has to be like sanitized. And then she goes, makes it clear that they're not going to have sex. So they, she does spend the night, but there was no sex. And she said it felt kind of nice. They go to the hold down basically to support Samantha at Nina's event. And Samantha looks amazing. Amazing. She does. I love that belly chain was yes. chef's case. Yes. The belly chain, the white, the the swim cover up tie knot thing. Yeah. It was great. So Charlotte um accosts Greg, who was trying to run away from her, and he throws back her age at her and how she deceived him and she's a liar too. And I'm just like you really came to the Hamptons and had sex with a guy you met two days before without condoms? Like, wait, I think you can still get crabs even if you use protection, I think. Because they can, your genitals are still, like, rubbing on each other. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think you can still, in her, look, maybe she didn't, but I'm just, (laughs) just a small bit in her defense. I think you can still get crabs even if you use a condom. Okay. But my thing is, it's a complete false equivalence. How are you going to compare me lying about my age to you giving me crabs? <laughs> like, they're not the same thing. <laughs> Gaslighting one-on-one. Yep. So. so Samantha is with Nina and went over, you know, being the bigger person to go congratulate her. But as she's with her, she's with, uh, she's there as things fall apart. And Nina goes by and begs Samantha to please help her. And Samantha says, yes, gladly, she's going to help her. And she starts, you know, going into action. But before she leaves or goes to do what she's supposed to do, she introduces Nina to Greg. And I just applause because that was flawless. It was just, (laughs) I'm going to get my revenge, but I'm not even going to lift a finger. Nope. So it was really well done. Also, sorry, I just Googled. Yes, you can still get crabs because condoms do not protect someone from pubic lice because the lice live outside of the area that condoms cover so yeah so lauren is falling over carrie's feet and just gushing again and carrie has about had it and she tries to get away from her and walks into the big talking really closely with a woman you know i felt bad for her because the way she kind of seizes up that's the best way i can put it every time she sees big 
I, I, I know it. I know that feeling. I feel it for her. Your heart just stops. And you're just like, because you've, you've lied to yourself that you've gotten over this person. Yeah. And then just the mere sight of them just ruins everything. Any progress you've made, you're just like, oh, my God. Unless you, my heart stopped for her. Yeah. But I don't know if I would have walked up to him to talk to him. I think I would have, like, turned around and walked away. Like, not to even talk to him. But, yeah, you're 100% right. She acted that beautifully because my heart stopped for her <laughs> i don't think she knew she was walking over i think when she sees big everything just stops i think her body was walking towards there but herself was just yeah. like her mind was like stop turn around go her body was like nah son we going so she <laughs> saw herself there so she actually walks over and then because you can tell because the first thing she says to him is is it you <laughs> She's not about that. He's like, what are you doing here? She's like, what am I doing here? What are you doing here? And then he introduces her to Natasha. And Natasha says, oh, hi, Carrie. I've heard a lot about you. I'm just like, oof. That's always the worst thing, by the way. I hate when people tell me they've heard a lot about me. Because I'm always like, what have you heard? Especially since I don't know anything about you. Yes. (laughs) So he tells her that he just came back from Paris and says that um, Natasha's parents have a house and they just came up for the weekend. And the day is basically like a we. You know, when couples are like, we went to, we went, he's like, they came up for the weekend. I'm just like, but I'm going to tell you though, Big looks so good. And I noticed that he wasn't in a suit. So maybe that's what the difference was. But he looked really good. He was in his Hamptons fit in his white linen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And Carrie just says, I am stunned. And who is she? And Big is just, he doesn't stutter, but you can tell he's scrambling because he's like, I plan to call you. He kept saying, I plan to call you. And then Carrie was like, and then he tells her that, you know, Natasha is a girl that he met in Paris and he's back because the deal fell through. And then Carrie just that embarrassingly is just going through, I'm here on a date. He's good on paper. He's a doctor. He's a, I'm like, ooh, Carrie, stop, please. My, my thing is, her and Big broke up. So even if he was back, why did he need to call her? Um, I think that was the agreement that they had, was that I'll call you. I don't think she was stuck on the calling. And that's why I feel like I feel like he was scrambling. like Because mm. I don't think the whole thing was, they did break up. It wasn't really a breakup because remember they slept together. Carrie knew it was the last time they'll see each other. I don't know that yeah. the memo. So it was more like, I'll call you when I get back. Let's see if we can pick up. We just can't do the long distance kind of deal. Oh, so, yeah, that's fair. That's yeah, fair. it got complicated because he met someone. So I think the next question that she asked was just to go with the to weave in the title of the episode because ordinarily I don't know that you would ask how old she is anyways so how old the person is because she didn't exactly look youthful and oh I forgot to mention that Natasha is being played by Bridget Moynihan and she doesn't exactly have that youthful look to question mm-hmm. oh how old is she but Carrie does ask how old is she and then Big says, I don't know, 26, 27. How do you not know? Do you think he knew and he just didn't want to say it? I just feel like, yeah, actually, no, you're right. I was about to say something. But, yeah, I think he he was probably a bit embarrassed. Because Big is, like, well into his 40s. And you're going out with a 25-year-old. It's just such a cliche as well, you know? Yeah. It's like you come back from Paris with a 25-year-old. So, yeah. (laughs) And then, you know, Carrie just walks away. And then Miranda runs into the beach. I thought there was an emergency or something. But the way she ran into Carrie. and then I she- love this scene. Honestly, I just love how Miranda's always, like, so attuned to how Carrie must be feeling. I just love it. I'm sorry. But I did. Okay, so I thought that she saw... But, okay, she runs into and she asks Carrie if she's okay. And then Carrie says, no, I'm not. I just saw Big. So I don't think she knew. So I thought oh, she did. I think she must have seen. But probably Carrie didn't notice that Miranda saw. Because otherwise, why would she be running up to her just standing on the beach? Because okay. it's not like Carrie was, like, 
at that point, she wasn't freaking out. I think Miranda must have seen big. Do you know what I mean? Okay. But Carrie didn't know Miranda had seen him. If that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, she says, no, she's not. That, you know, I just saw him with another woman. And then she starts vomiting. And then earlier, you know, Carrie had said the one good thing about people in their 20s is that they will hold your hair when they're throwing up. And then Miranda does that for Carrie at this moment as she's vomiting on the beach. Yeah, that was a nice callback. (laughs) So the, the... the voiceover that we hear last is Carrie saying, 20-something girls are fabulous till you see them with the guy who broke your heart. And that Ooh. was really heartwarming. And then you see both of them just staring towards Big's direction. We don't see them. We just see them. There are fireworks going in the back. And I know it's a kind of sad moment, but it was just both gorgeous because the main color palette for both of them was red they were both in red and then the fireworks are going on and going on about and it was just a really nice visual and a nice ending to the episode yep it was it was sad though because i honestly felt that gut punch for carrie because not not like i've been in like exact situations but it's never nice when you see somebody that you used to like a lot or be in a relationship with like with someone else when you fooled yourself that you're over them and then you realize in that one moment that you have been lying to yourself (laughs) it's always a horrible feeling because all the feelings kind of like overwhelm you but then you have to like put on a brave face because you don't want the other person to see your press but it was nice (laughs) and that she was able to like let it out in front of her friend yeah says who i've been in that situation i did not put on a brave face i left (laughs) (laughs) absolutely left it wasn't someone younger but i just left i couldn't take it anymore it was too painful like it was like physical pain so yeah see i'd rather die than let them see i care (laughs) that's the problem right there but anyway yeah you've done well so yeah, so that was it. I don't know if you had any other addition. No, I didn't. It was um actually yeah, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. Um, I think Big is back, so the show's gonna have another jolt of energy because I feel like we've been meandering along a little bit, and hopefully they start giving the other girls concrete storylines. But yeah. You can kind of tell we're wrapping up. I thought all of them looked fantastic this episode. Samantha and Carrie especially. Yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah, they're pretty much wrapping it up. Because next episode is the season two finale, guys. So we hope you join us for that. And in the meantime, if you have anything to say to us, any questions, you can find us at the Rewatch Times 2. That's T-H-E-R-E-W-A-T-C-H-X-2. That's our handle on Instagram, handle on Twitter. And also, if you want to send us an email, same handle at gmail.com. And please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you're so inclined. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we hope to see you again next week for, for the finale. Hope you all have a wonderful week. Bye.